0: Oh, you're here.
1: Good. Got something to share with you. If you're going to try, go all the way. Otherwise, don't even start. If you're going to try, go all the way. This could mean losing girlfriends, wives, relatives... It may be even your mind. If you're going to try, go all the way. It can mean not eating for three or four days. It can mean freezing on a park bench. It could mean jail. It can mean derision. It could mean mockery. Isolation. Isolation is the gift. All the others are a test of your endurance of how much you really want to do it. So if you're going to try, Go all the way. And you'll do it. Despite rejection and the worst odds, and it will be better than anything else you can imagine. If you're going to try, go all the way. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Go all the way. There is no other feeling like that. You will be alone with God's and the nights will flame with fire. You will ride life straight to perfect laughter. If you're going to try, go all the way. It's the only good fight there is. If you're going to try, go all the way. Kowski. Clear eyes, full heart, can't lose. All righty then. Oh no! Welcome you to another episode of Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan. Today I got Brother Cobb with me. So, man, how's your day been? Been pretty good, man. It's been a full ten minutes since I last saw you. How's your day been? It's been the greatest day of my life. Till tomorrow. Nice. Yeah, man. And so for today's episode, we got... The remainder movies for 2019 that we find worth watching. In the cinemas. In the cinemas. True crime. Featured around Charles Manson. Charlie. To wrap up with the review of Quentin Tarantino's latest Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with Ninth film. With DiCaprio and Pitt, Margot Robbie, Al Pacino. And so, let's get this ball. Roland, We're going to start out with movies that you should be aware of that are coming out very soon. All right. August 9th. Scary stories to tell in the dark. Thoughts? Thought, it looks pretty good to me. Yeah, so uh, I won't catch it release weekend because I think it comes out on the 9th. Is that right? Mm-hmm. August 9th, uh, I'll be in Nashville working a show with Munson and Brothers at the Tomato Fest. So the weekend nice. I get back, uh, me and Andrew, you? Sure. Going to go catch this film. And yeah. I'm excited, man. And so to give you kind of an idea about uh, stories to tell in the Dark, it's going to be a horror, obviously. And so these teenagers, they go to this haunted house, supposedly, and they find this book. And the book it writes itself, and it is writing them into these horror stories. And so, one by one, they're going to be picked off by some scary stories that you would tell in the dark. Got some scarecrows going on. Mm-hmm. Cornfields. It's fun. Girl with a Missing Toe is looking for her toe. My the director. Red The red Spot. Yeah. I've never heard of this director. It's foreign. Uh, what's his name? Your boy. Del Toro. Yeah, I think he just like wrote part of the script or something. Okay. It's PG thirteen for terror, violence, disturbing images, the thematic elements, language. You know? Typical horror stuff.
0: Mm
1: hmm. And uh That Kitchen movie comes out today, we saw the preview of what do you think about that? With uh Yeah I'm the a... mob bosses go to jail so their wives take over. Yeah, I'm excited about that. So it's kind of like uh, we saw the previews for that today when we were uh, watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, Excited about that. Yeah, I like that Melissa McCarthy's getting serious now. Mm Mm-hmm. So I've been waiting on that. Yeah. Well, she was nominated for an Oscar with that last movie, forgot what it's called. It's like once you get the itch, Mm. you get that itch. You get the itch, you got the itch. And so, uh, it was called a uh, "Can You Ever Forgive Me?" But anyway, I haven't saw that. It's got Elizabeth Moss in it too. Mm-hmm. Full of Scientology going on there. Got a little Scientology for you. Yeah, she was born in it. Next. Oh, oh I don't know if we're gonna be able to see this one, but it looks interesting. It's called the uh, "The Peanut Butter Falcon." That's interesting. Tell me more. <laughs> Peanut Butter Falcon is an adventure story set in a world of a modern Mark Twain that begins when Sack, a young man with Down syndrome, runs away from a nursing home where he lives to chase his dream of becoming a professional wrestler. In, in, a, in a nursing home? Yeah. That's different. And attending the wrestling schools of the Salt Water Redneck. Through circumstances beyond the, their control, Tyler, a small-town Outlaw on the run becomes Sack's unlikely coach Coach, and ally. Together, they they wind through deltas, eluding captures, drinking whiskey, find guy, catch fish, and convince Eleanor, a kind nursing home employee, with a story of her own to join them on their journey. This stars your boy, Shia LeBlouf. I am a Shia fan, no mm-hmm. doubt. But it looks pretty good to me. By the way, I think we brought this up in previous podcasts, but Honey. If American you, Honey. American Honey. If you haven't seen that film, it's got Shy in it. It's on Netflix. It's a great film, and you can catch it on uh, the Netflix.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: By the way, uh, we usually have movies going on in the background, and today's pick was Everybody Wants Some. And so I had to ask you, man, if you was to be a character. Now, scratch that real quick. Just give everybody kind of a breakdown of what Everybody Wants Some is about. Well, it's like uh, the new freshmen coming in. Like the main characters are freshmen coming in to join a a baseball team. Mm -hmm. So you got your old cats there, and they like kind of give them hell, you know. Mm -hmm. You got to break them in. And so it's like a fraternity movie, and uh, it's based in the 80s, and so it's kind of – Oh, this new genre of music goes on, too, with the different clubs they go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so uh, when they go to the sound machine, it's more of a disco feel. Mm-hmm. And then there's a part to where they go to, like, a honky-tonk bar to where you hear uh, some Eddie Rabbit. And then when you go to the Fox, it's more of a classic rock scene, right? Yeah. That's at the beginning. And so, also, with everybody wants some, this movie is based in the eighties, and its predecessor is Days and Confused. And so, if you like Days and Confused, you will really enjoy Everybody Wants Some. Cause same it's, director. It's kind of the same feel. Um, movie. It really doesn't have a plot. It's just a lot of fun. And Days and Confused was just a day. Well, this movie is a couple of days, and it's just when you got your lead man. He's moving to the fraternity. To the frat house and it's just getting broke into this baseball college scene and all the different things that are going to take part in and so my dad's biggest peeve with this movie is he didn't get to see him play baseball no he just seen that practice that one practice yeah 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 which happens toward the end and like there's this scene where uh, the guy on the team who's actually drafted he uh, gets pitched the ball and he cuts it in half with an axe yeah and it's a lot of fun and so, man, if you was to be a character in this movie, who would it be? Uh, well, everybody says I'm Willoughby. I'd agree uh, with that, man. I would agree with that. Kurt Russell's son. Yeah. I think it's Kurt and Goldie Hunt's son. Yeah. And you're going to see him a lot more because he's a great actor. Yeah. Dang. Uh, he's in Overlord. I never watched it, but that was a Redbox movie. It went to theaters. All right. So, moving on to movies you should be aware of. August 16th. Good boys. Good boys.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That is uh, Seth Rogen. Uh, same mind behind Superbad, Knocked Up. Let me see here. Pineapple Express. Seth Rogen is a producer. Jonah Hill. Some of my favorite people in Hollywood. That's who writes this. Nope, don't know them. But it looks like a little fun movie. Rated R. Oh, yeah. And so it's like a baby version of Superbad is what it looks like yeah, in the previews. Yeah. Three sixth grade boys ditch school and embark on an epic journey while carrying accidental stolen drugs, being hunted by teenage girls and trying to make their way home in time for a long-awaited party. There you go. There's your feel. So it's probably going to be a little raunchy. Mm -hmm. But if you're into that, check it out. Next, August 21st. Ready or not. A bride's wedding night takes a sinister turn when her Eccentric new in laws force her to take part in a terrifying game. It's basically like a sadistic hide and seek. Mm. Rated R. You know what I'm seeing here lately? What's this that? Last an hour and 30 minutes. Oh, that's good. That's, yes. that's, that's good quality. See, I would catch that just because of the length. Yeah. Not a whole lot of uh, time vested in this. And next, August 30th, he The was- Fanatic. Ooh, John Travolta. John Travolta. Filmed in Beham, Alabama. Birmingham, people. Rootide?
0: Go Blazers!
1: Go Blazers? Alright. This is a rabid film fan stalks his favorite action hero and destroys the star's life. Mm. You know who this is directed by? No idea. Fred Durst. I know that name. Lead singer of Limp Bizkit. He did it all for the Nookie. True story. There's a song about it. It's kind of like based on like a situation that happened in his life where the super fan got a little too... Super. Mm-hmm. Moving on. September 6th. It. Chapter 2. I don't think I need to say or Ooh. we need to say anything about this at all. So... You had the original, which was, what, filmed in uh, the 90s? Yeah, that's like 92, 93. That was a made-for-TV movie. It is a Stephen King novel that was turned into a movie, and just last year we had It Part 1. Yeah. Which was amazing. And so that focused on the main characters when they were children. And so Part 2 will be when they're adults. Yes. They say these are... Like the last one, and this new one's more based on his books. Mm hmm. Which I like. Have you read it? No. It's like, it'll take a year for me to read. It's super big. Okay. Oh, I forgot about this one. It's the same date, September 6th. Zeroville. This is a young actor arrives in Hollywood in 1969 during a transitional time in the industry. Mm. And it's. Get out of there. Get. It's, it, it's, this is a cast right here, son. Seth Rogen. I'll be there. Will Ferrell. Megan Fox. James Franco. Danny McBride. Dave Franco. Craig Robertson. Oh, that's golden, dude. All oh, oh, my yeah. favorite people. I think this is directed by James Franco. This follow up to Disaster Artists. It's a follow up to that? I mean, it ain't connected. Oh, it's it's just, just like his next second, movie. Yeah. It's. He's directed like four or five. I'm not and sure, you know how high steam hold this Astro yeah. artist. Th- mm-hmm. That movie was phenomenal. Moving on. September 20th. Rambo. Last Blood. So you know about Rambo. So I think it was back in the 80s. First Blood came out. And uh, then you had Rambo 1, 2, 3. I don't know if it was the third one. Oh, yeah, it was just one and the... The last one, which I think was just called Rambo, yeah, which was good. You yeah. know it was kind of. It was Amazon Rainforest. Was that the scene for that one? Yeah, where the dude calls him Boatman. That's right. And now we have Last Blood, and so uh, it's kind of Rambo, Sylvester Stallone's character, who is he's gonna clean up all loose ends. There is three. Ah, uh-huh. there's there's three, and then the last one, Rambo. Okay, well there you go. Mm. Moving on, October fourth, mm. Joker. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you should know about this. This is like the origin story of how the Joker became. It is. I heard it's gonna be rated R. I hope so. I do too. Joaquin Phoenix. Mm-hmm. They say his performance as Joker could be nominated for an Oscar. Should have won Oscar. It's got Robert De Niro in it. How about that? It's got, uh, what's his name from Atlanta? Paperboy. Oh, it's got Paperboy, Paperboy. in it. Paperboy. You know who the director is? Todd Phillips. That's the director of Hangover. There you go. So, a bunch of comedies. He's getting serious with this. I think this is going to be one of the finer DC movies. Yeah, so what I've heard is, though, uh, with this Joker movie, I don't think it's going to be connected, and I think they're getting away from it altogether, with that universe that they were trying to create, Yeah, since it was kind of flopping. Yeah, don't copy Marvel, do your own thing. And so this this movie will be uh, its own thing. Yeah, Wonder Woman wasn't connected to anything, was it? It was just Wonder Woman. No, no, like I think Aquaman, Wonder Woman, I don't think Shazam, but they all were tied to the Justice League, and I think that uh, since that thing kind of flopped, they're going to bust it apart and try to rehash it later. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the plan. You seen Shazam? No, but I've heard nothing but good things about For real? it. For I yeah. was kind of let down. You saw it? Yeah, I rented it this past week. Hmm. I mean, it wasn't bad. It was, I think it just had too high standards because it's compared to Deadpool. Deadpool. There's no Deadpool. Well, they can't all be winners. Moving on. All right, uh. October 15th, I was kind of disappointed in this preview. Jay and Silent Bob reboot. I am a Kevin Smith fan. Yeah. maybe may be losing steam. He's got Val Kilmer in it. I thought he couldn't act anymore. He had throat cancer. He's got one of those little box things in his throat. Well, they may utilize that. I guess. He's got Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Shannon Elizabeth. Well, Ben Affleck and Kevin Smith are friends now. Oh. Because... Um, yeah, he was in Mallrats back in the day. Yeah, but you know, like when Affleck I mean, took on the role in um, Batman vs Superman, that Kevin Smith like really coached and like helped him get into the character. Yeah, I that, like uh, his brother better at acting. Ooh, and that's coming up. I don't know if we're at that movie yet. No, it ain't on here because it ain't got a release date. I forgot what it's called. Light of My Life. Yeah, it looks pretty. Pretty good. And so it's kind of an apocalyptic thing to where uh people are getting like these spots. And just a little bit about from the trailer I saw, you can check it out on uh YouTube. Once again it's called Light of My Life. It has Ben Affleck's brother. So he has a daughter who is being disguised it's Casey Affleck. As a really? Yeah, as his younger brother, Casey. He's a better actor to me. Ben's a better director than the actor to me. Okay. But Casey Affleck's character has a daughter who he, he is disguising as a boy because supposedly she is the last girl on the planet. And so there is uh, a lot of people finding that out, and they're trying to get to her. And so uh, in the trailer you can see like a lot of scenes of him camping out in the woods with his daughter, and they get found. Then they're in a house, they get found, and so it kind of progresses like that. And so in my mind, do you remember that Viggo Mortensen movie called The Road? Yes, I do. That's what I kind of have in mind for that. Yeah. is uh, Which was a cool film. Yeah. I was kind of disappointed because it's the same dude that wrote uh, No Country for Old Man.
0: Oh, yeah. and that, that was a good movie. Yeah.
1: All right. Oh, it was all right. October 18th. I don't know if you heard of this little gem. Zombieland. The sequel, Double Tap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a rule, by the way. You always got to go with a double tap on top of wear your seatbelt. So if you remember Zombieland, that was a... Uh, 2010-ish movie we had um, Woody Harrelson Woody Harrelson and uh, Jesse uh, Eisenberg Emma Stone and Abigail it was just Breslin and it was a fun ride the whole way through speaking of Everybody Wants Some the main chicken is in the new zombie land tight little redhead Bill Murray's back I thought he died in the first one yeah maybe it's flashbacks maybe it's a cameo On and on. I don't think I need to tell you much more about Zombie Land. It's just going to be a fun ride. If you haven't seen the first one, go watch it. Do yourself a favor. It's about an hour and 40 minutes of fun. Mm -hmm. Of putting, getting black cars and putting a white three on them. They'll earn heartening in this thing. On top of just zombie fun. Moving on. October 25th. Black and Blue. Yeah, I don't know nothing about this. Tell me it more. It just looks like it's an action thriller about a rookie cop who inadvertently captures the murder of a young drug dealer on her body cam. After realizing the murder was committed by corrupt cops, she teams up with the one person from her community who is willing to help her as she tries to escape both the criminals out for her, revenge, and the police who are desperate to, to destroy her footage, her in. You gotta get that cam footage, man. at Body cam. Mm-hmm. So she's like, she's got a situation on her ends. And so that's it's, a, it's an interesting script to me. That, that's a timely movie uh, because I mean, there's so much going on with the body cams and all that. So uh, that's cool. Next, they got that Terminator coming out. Dark uh, fate. I don't really care for it. I don't care. Arnold's back doing his thing.
0: Okay. The Gobna.
1: Gotta y'all. Uh, November eighth, Doctor Sleep. Weed affects memory. <laughs> you know what Doctor Sleep is? Tell me more. Years following the events of The Shining, mm. a now adult Dan Torrance meets a young girl with similar powers as his, and tries. To protect her from a cult known as the True Knot, who prey on children with pirates to remain immortal. Well, I know since you love cults so much that uh, you'll be definitely be watching that. Yes. So I can't wait. Love The Shining, and that's a throwback to the last time we were on together with the Midsummer. Yeah. A little bit of cult, and uh, some people compared it to The Shining, which I don't think was even no, close. No, it just got like a... The film. It was it's Inspired. It's got a similar camera shot. Mm-hmm. At the start with the pan over. Mm-hmm. Alright. What else? This sounds interesting. It's called the interesting Is that Hathaway? No. That was uh Emma Roberts. Hmm. But that was lagging from another movie. <laughs> ah. The report comes out November fifteenth. It is about the aftermath of the 9-11 tax, CI agents begin using extreme interrogation tactics on, their, on those they think were behind it. Okay, so a little conspiracy. Yeah, it's got Adam Driver, John Hamm, which, if they let me direct a Batman, he would be my Batman. Okay,
0: cool.
1: I don't know, it's got a 7.4. Somebody saw it early. That's that. Ain't no preview for it. Is there anything else going on for the remainder of this year worth talking about? We got that Mr. Rogers movie. Tom Hanks. I'm excited about that. That'll be a red box for me, though. Won't catch that in theaters. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Won't you be my neighbor? Oh, man, this ain't going to win no Oscar or anything, but December 13th, Black Christmas.
0: Mm. Just a Christmas
1: horror movie, so that's up my alley. I'll, I'll check that out. This is like the third time they made it. Ooh. It's just a groups of students stopped by a stranger during Christmas break. A remake of the 1974 movie, which they had another remake like, I don't know, 12 years ago. Okay. Very cool. Oh, December 20th, the one you said you got to watch, Cats. Uh, I did not say that. False. Well, that's it, man. Great. And that is the remainder of 2019 of what we find worth watching in the cinema. But we forgot to mention a movie. Yeah. The follow-up to my favorite movie, Devil's Rejects. We got Three From Hell.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: For like that. So what's that gonna be about? Well, oh, I didn't like the idea of Three From Hell because uh Devil's Rejects looked like they couldn't survive that shooting they got at the end. But uh, the preview came out, Looks the trailer came out, looks pretty awesome. So it looks like they're gonna escape prison and head to Mexico. That's what it looks like to me. There you go. <laughs> like uh, Otis Driftwood in one part is like, America, did you miss me? <laughs> and they got a new character they're introducing. Yeah, Richard Brake, that actor, who's in 31, he's like the main clown. It looks like he's joining up with them.
0: There's a time for living The time keeps on flying Frustration and doubt, can
1: you ever live without sad. Alrighty. Enough. Now, we are moving on to the heaviest portion of our show. We're going to talk about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood later, but we're going to spend some time in true crime right now, and that was a song from Charlie Manson. Oh, Charles. Oh, Charles. And so you can kind of see why he drew so many hippies. The guy could write a song. Yeah, that's probably his like main motivation for his sinister acts. He was just a, a bastard child son of a prostitute. Mm-hmm. Growing up in those Kentucky hills, making some moonshine with his uncle. In and out of the boys' homes. Getting raped. Getting some... That going on. Uh, then started a life of petty crime. Yeah. And made his way out to California.
0: California.
1: California dreaming for old Charles. Getting his, uh, trying to pursue his music. Mm-hmm. He was obsessed with the BGs. He met up with them. Hung out with them for a minute. He did. Yeah. I, I heard there's some kind of relationship between him and the Beach he, Boys. I think he wrote... Is it the Beach Boys? I said the Bee Gees. My bad. Sorry, everybody. Thanks for the correction, Alan. I heard Bee Gees earlier with Al. I got really into it. But it's the Beach Boys, yeah. Uh, he wrote uh, like one or two songs for them. Mm-hmm. He did. But uh, the producer for the, the Beach Boys just shot him down. Didn't just like Charles. Didn't, didn't like it. But uh And that affected him. He's he, he got a he got some hippies. It's the hippie movement. Hippie movement the late sixties. Acid strong. Mm. So he got a little following, bunch of chicks. Kinda hot. And, and they, uh I'm not getting ahead of you, but they moved out to this old western yeah, set yeah, old western set in Los Angeles. Mm hmm. Lived there. In Hollywood, and uh, got their dune buggies going. Plenty of dune buggies there. Mm. Yeah. And uh, master manipulator with the acid. Yeah. They would uh give them acid, and act like he took it, but didn't. So he can have total control. Mm. Manipulate them. Yes. And uh, start preaching his ideas of his cult. Yeah, and because he'll he'll say this, on, you can watch the interview on Dateline, is that he says that he learned from a very young childhood that he couldn't believe anybody. Uh, did you say Dateline? I think it's 60 Minutes. Whoopsie. I think it's Diane Sawyer, 60 Minutes. There you go, it is Diane Sawyer. I apologize for the area. Ooh, that's a great 44 Minutes. It's interesting. Mm, yeah. yeah. But, uh... He wanted to get revenge on that producer. And uh think uh he moved from the house to end up being the victims of like Sharon Tate and uh the Harris of the Folgers Company, mm-hmm. Coffee. Yeah. But uh he didn't he didn't ever kill anybody, he just does that acid stuff and got his followers and, yeah, to do his bit. Got, got them hooked. Hooks are synced in. He's got them. Mm-hmm. They believe him. Yeah. But he would uh, get them to do crimes and make a... He was trying to start a race war, dude. That's why he write, like, piggies and stuff on the wall. And, and like, black power or something. it like, African Americans did it to start a race war against whites and blacks. And when it... It tell them when this race war starts, we're going to go off in the into the mountains and live in caves until the blacks can't they start struggling they had to come and find the Manson family to help them out yeah but that uh, that didn't work out because they got caught pretty quick after Sharon Tate stuff yeah and, and so uh, in the uh in Beverly Hills in Hollywood, there was a home with Sarah Tate. And so he had his followers, and he wanted them to go up and brutally, witchingly. Yeah, he said, make it look witchy. Murder them. Mm-hmm. Sarah Tate was pregnant at this time. Maybe star Rosemary's baby. Yeah. Yeah, they got caught. He started his trial and stuff, and his little followers that wouldn't arrest or anything started... Doing cult stuff in the court, holding hands, singing, doing all that crazy stuff, man. Yeah. But he got sentenced to life. Nah. Did you ever see the Family Guy skit with him? No. <laughs> Where he's like just sitting in his cell with a TV and he's like watching reruns and his one he ain't seen. It's new to me!
0: <laughs> I think I have
1: seen that. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. Family Guy used to be awesome. I don't even know if it's still on anymore. I'm not, not sure either. That's pretty much it. He just, remainder of his life. He married a young chick at the end of his life, like 10 years ago. Okay. Of, he still had his cult going, pretty much, you know what I mean? Even though he was in prison? Yeah. He has a book he written that I cannot find shouldn't give that dead dude money but i think that would be fascinating to read that i'd probably read it i mean he's one of them guys that uh you got to give the guy credit you know (laughs) started a cult and got people to kill people i mean you got to say that uh that's pretty impressive to do i give all the shout out to acid Okay, so we're gonna give the shout out to Psychedelic Drugs. And a sinister dude. Acid and the sinister dude. Yeah. And a crazy dude named Tex. Yeah. He did the killing. He was it was like he was he had the balls to do what Charles couldn't. Yeah. I mean, that's evil. I'm just saying that dude is a coward. He's about four foot eight. Yeah, he was short. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Hit with a spinning back elbow, and he ain't nothing. That's it. Catch these hands. Hard right, of the matter, Once Upon a Time, the review. Before we do this, we'll sound the, uh, the sirens when you need to stop listening. But one out of a hundred lance-arms, what is your rating for this movie? Mm. You know, it's hard to rate Tarantino movies, because they're so good. I mean, what is a bad Tarantino movie? It doesn't exist. Yeah, it's not existent. Like you put this in up against other movies, it's it's a it's a ninety-five man. I don't. It's a little long. I think that was my only beef with it. Yeah, but I think I would give it about eighty-seven Lance arms. I'm going with ninety-one. Ninety-one. All right. So, I mean, let's what re- would you give Django? That's my favorite one. That's like a 99. Oh, cool. All right. Yeah. But, I mean, I think all of his films would be in the 90s. Yeah. Maybe with the, like, volume two of Kill Bill was probably my least favorite. For real, I like it better than the first one. I don't know. It's just, it's a weird thing to me. Yeah. You are weird. Thanks. (laughs) Spoilers. Spoilers need to shut it down. Shut it down go watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You've had three weeks. Yep. It's on. All right. All right. So, the cast in this movie is Leonardo DiCaprio, and he is Rick Dalton. You have Brad Pitt. Cliff Booth. mm Mm-hmm. And so he is uh, Rick Dalton's gopher, stunt double. Driver. All around just good friend, homie. Mm-hmm. And you have Margot Robbie, who is pay- playing Sharon Tate. Sharon Tate. Emil Hirsch is playing uh, Sharon Tate's ex-fiance. Um, he has a role in this movie. He's the guy that kind of shoots Charlie Manson off the property. Mm-hmm. And that's the only 40 seconds where you have Charlie Manson in the film. You also have Al Pacino. Yeah. yeah, uh, It's weird you only seen Charlie Manson for like 40 seconds. I didn't watch a preview for this film when we went and watched it. Yeah. I just uh, knew it was a Tarantino film and I knew I was going to see it, so I didn't know what it was going to be about. Yeah. Uh, you you know. ever watch uh, Mindhunter at my house? No. It's a Netflix show. It's like my favorite one. It's like the FBI in like the 70s. Trying to get the psychological like studies and stuff on... Uh, Serial killers. Mm -hmm. So it's like actual serial killers. They're reenacting and stuff. And the dude that plays Charles Manson in this movie is going to play Charles Manson in the next season of that show. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. All right, so let's get to the review. So beef with the movie was length of time, and so probably for about the first 45 minutes you had an intro where you were just doing character development. Yeah, you were just hanging out with them pretty much. Yeah, it was two hours and 41 minutes. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like a behind the scenes of Hollywood. And so Rick Dalton is, uh, it's been years ago now, and it's constant flashbacks of him being a big TV star Yeah, for uh, these Western television shows. The Bounty Hunter. Yeah. And you have Cliff Booth, who is a stunt double, and sitting down at the very beginning, you know, of an interview and just kind of talking. Um, about the bounty hunter and all that. And so you get the idea that uh, Rick Dalton is a big deal in Hollywood. But he has a meeting with Al Pacino's character and comes to a realization that uh, he's a dying star, that uh, he's about to be a has-been. And Al Pacino is telling him, you need to go out to Italy and do these spaghetti westerns. Spaghetti. But he hates the idea because he thinks that they're trash films. And so uh, character development, <laughs> they're outside at the valet getting their car and, Rick breaks down, he starts crying, (laughs) and Cliff hands him his sunglasses, he said, man, you can't cry in front of the Mexicans. Yeah. (laughs) So, moving on, you're developing the characters, we're on a a set where Rick Dalton is going to be the heavy for this new uh, TV western that's coming out, and it's kind of like, in today's time, I guess it would be 1969 in this film. Yeah. And... You really start to get an idea for these guys' history, and you really start enjoying the characters. And so we're at a makeup trailer, and, uh, no, back it up. We're pulling up on set. Yeah. And so Cliff drops Rick off. Hey, man, you think you're going to be able to get me uh, me to do some work? No, I don't think so, because Kurt Russell's character is overcasting, and you know that Kurt Russell's character and his wife doesn't like you. And so you 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 get the uh, the backdrop on that. It's uh, the Bruce Lee scene, and that's probably my favorite scene Mm -hmm. in the whole
0: movie. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: My hands are registered deadly weapons. They are lethal. And uh, Cliff Booth just gives it to uh, Bruce Lee. Yeah, best two out of three. So they're having a friendly competition to where um, whoever gets put on the ground. The winner is a guy on his feet, and so Bruce Lee comes at him with a kick. Cliff lets it happen. One-nothing Bruce Lee. Do that again. Cliff says, do it again. He catches Bruce, throws him into a car. Yeah, the car looked like he got T-boned by another car. <laughs> yeah. And then the, the out of three, they're having a real good back and forth, and then Kurt Russell's wife comes and breaks him up, and what are you doing beating up Bruce Lee? Well, first of all, he, he wasn't beating me up. Yeah. And then he's like, I don't know, that car says a little bit differently about the tale. And that happened to be her car, and she already didn't like Cliff because he supposedly killed his wife. And it shows the flashback to that scene where they're on a boat in an ocean. She's complaining. Just fighting. fighting. I, want fight. I want to fight. And he just shows him sitting there with a spear gun. With a spear gun. And it kind of leaves you to assume what happened next. And so that's kind of the backdrop on Cliff. A lot of people in Hollywood don't like Cliff because he got away with killing his wife. And so we got Rick Dalton in, the, in his trailer waiting to perform, and Cliff is just outside on a golf cart, <laughs> and here comes Kurt Russell, and they have an in-between where, uh, man, am I going to be able to get some work on this? Nah, I don't, I don't <laughs> think, I don't think that's going to be a thing. And so it gives you that backdrop to kind of let you know why. One is he beat the crap out of Bruce Lee, and then two, he killed his wife. <laughs> and you get this idea that Cliff is indeed a badass. And so it's time for Rick to go on set for to be the heavy for this new Western. And so he can't eat, so he just goes to the set, which is going to be a little saloon. And the little girl is sitting outside reading a book about Walt Disney, a biography. And she just sounds like she's grown because she's like articulating oh, what the book is about and how fascinating it is to her. Was she 12 or 9? I think it was 8. Oh. And uh, he brings a book, too, and he's the Bronco, Bronco Buster. Buster. And so after asking what she was reading, she asked him what he's reading. And he said, well, it's a Bronco Buster, and it's about a, a Bronco Buster who, in his mid-20s, was uh, the best there was. Mm. Uh, no one could break a horse like him, and well, he had a hip dysplasia injury in his mid-thirties, and now he's kind of coming to terms with that he's a has-been, and he breaks down and starts crying. <laughs> and so she comes over there, pats and, him you know, on the knee, pats him on the knee, and uh, says, "It's gonna, it's gonna be, be okay." Yeah. And he says, uh, "Look here, a Pumpkin Puss, uh, you're gonna be living this book in about 15 <laughs> no, years." <right>? <laughs> How's it in? Well, you'll find out in 15 years. Yeah, when you're, you're living, living it. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, well, I got a problem with the term pumpkin puss, but you're upset. We'll deal with it later. And so he does goes into the set, starts doing his lines. He's forgetting lines over and over and over. And the thing about it, it showed it the night before. He was real well rehearsed. <laughs> but he had too much to drink. Yeah. And that was another favorite scene of mine was like the- after – after getting through just screwing that whole setup, he goes back to his trailer. And just melts down. Mm-hmm. Like, looks himself in the mirror. I'm going to put a bullet in your head tonight. Non-Whiskey Sours! Non-Whiskey Sours! I'm <laughs> going to quit! You're an alcoholic. Then he reaches for his flask. flask,
0: takes a sip, throws the flask
1: out the trailer. And it's just, he's having a hard time with it. And once again, he's still coming to terms with the fact that he's a has-been. <laughs> <laughs> and so the show moves on. Cliff is, uh, he's at rick's house fixing the antenna that was damaged by a storm the night before and that's when you get the flashback for a little bit more about who he is because he doesn't he doesn't fully understand why he can't have work and then he goes back and thinks about it he's like "Eh, i get it and so there's this hippie and this is when i started putting two and two together about it being about charlie manson and his little cult was there are these hippies all over town and for whatever reason rick and cliff both just they don't like hippies (laughs) And so there's this girl that keeps popping up. Hitchhiker. Yeah, she goes by the name Pussy. And uh, after the third time's a charm, uh, uh, Brad or Cliff finally gives her a ride. Yeah. And they go out to the old movie sets where they used to film Bounty Spawn Ranch, man. Spawn Ranch. And uh, he knows the guy that owns the place. The guy's name is George. And so the whole time he's out there, he's like, "Hmm, I don't think George would be cool with all these hippies. And so Dakota Fannin's character, Squeaky, gets introduced. Squeaky. Interdicky. So he goes up to the house after you meet characters like Tex and some of the characters that would be coming up later in the film, but at the time you had no idea that they were going to be important to the plot. And he goes up to the house, and Dakota Fannin, Squeaky, doesn't want to let him to go in the house. Nobody wants him to see George. He's taking George's a nap. George's taking his nap. He's got to rest before this programs come on tonight. And I hate it when he falls asleep. Yeah. Well, Cliff says there ain't nothing between me and you but a screen door, and that's not going to stop me from going in to see George. He goes back there. George is blind, and uh, he's not really aware of what's going on on this old movie set. And so Cliff goes back out to his car to leave. Well, well the, uh, one of the hippies done stabbed the front tire with a knife. Oh, yeah. And he goes the center. off. center <laughs> And he goes off on the spill. is like. You know, this is my boss's car, and I'm responsible for this car. And Well, thankful for you. He has a spare. He throws a spare out. Throws everything that the guy will need to fix, fix it. it. Now fix it. Guy laughs. laughs. F you. Well, we get to see another side of Cliff. He brutally uh Punched that him guy. in the face. Three times. Yeah. So the guy fixes it. Well, one of the girls goes off to get Tex, but Tex is too late because Cliff has already drove Pulling off. out. And that was the first little glimpse of it being about Charlie Manson because the whole little cult there with the hippies, you're going to love Charlie. you got to meet Charlie. Charlie this, Charlie that. So the plot's getting heavy. Sharon Tate or Margot Robbie, uh, she goes out to see her latest film in theater. Yeah. And so I, I started picking up on that. I was like, oh, crap. This, this is how this thing's going to go down. And so the story moves on. Uh, Rick Dalton and he takes Cliff out to Italy they do the spaghetti westerns they do a knockoff to a 007 like an espionage type film Um, Rick gets married to an Italian woman they fly back to the states he tells Cliff hey I can't afford you anymore we're selling the house Um, this is kind of this is the end yeah Uh, I can't afford you anymore so they go out for one last night of drinking Mm Mhm. And so does the, the Tates. Yeah. And by this time Sharon's pregnant, mm-hmm. when she was in real life when she got murdered that night um, by Charlie's Colt. So they go out and have a great night of drinking. They're back at Rick's place, and uh, the wife has gone to bed. Um, Rick has stepped out on his pool to listen to music. Yeah, and uh, the hitchhiker gave him he bought an acid cigarette. Rick uh, Cliff Rick bought, Yeah Cliff bought the acid- dip cigarette earlier. And he opens up that box and sees him it's like, Tonight's night? Right. Yeah. And so he goes off to take Betsy, his pit bull, for a walk. Yeah. Lights up the cigarette. Away, away we go. And while he's gone, the hippies in a loud-ass car come rolling up into <laughs> Rick's driveway. And he goes out and just gives them hell. Because he hates hippies. He's like, get this mechanical, private drive, mechanical asshole out of here. That's right. And uh, it's just totally, like, you're not wanted here. It's a private drive. Get out. And then they decide that uh, let's not just kill Sharon Tate and everybody in that house. Let's kill Rick Dalton. Yeah, by the time they got back down. They figured out who he was. Yeah. Oh, God. I used to have him. <laughs> I had him on my lunchbox. Yeah. It so was my favorite lunchbox. Cliff gets back from walking Betsy and... There were four in the car, four hippies. There were three girls and Tex, and um, one of the girls, chicken's out, drives the car completely off. She's out of the scene, so now they don't have a way out, and they're uh, contemplating whether to go through with the plan or not. Well, they stumble into Rick's house, and there Cliff is tripping. Turns the light on. <laughs> too bright. Turns the light back off. He's feeding Betsy, and uh, so the dog can comes back it's a pretty hefty can it's like a hormel chili type size can i'd say it's bigger than that dude (laughs) it might be like two of them like yeah it's a big can and uh they bust up in the house there's two that come through the front door and cliff is just kind of sitting there looking at him they don't even (laughs) notice betsy who's on the couch right by the door and then the other girl goes around back and comes in the house they all have... He's uh, just sitting there looking at Tex. Are you real? Tex has a gun pointed Is at him. real? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Tex pointing a gun at him. He points his finger gun at Tex. Yeah, they have like a standoff. He's like... He's starting to remember. He's like, I, I met you. What? was Spun Ranch. What fell on the horsey? What was your name? I'm the devil, and I'm here to do the devil's business. No, it was something way stupider than that. <laughs> Tex... And he starts putting. He's like, I know you too, redheaded girl. Yeah, I remember you. Yeah, you uh, know. And well, it's about to escalate. You think that uh, Texas is about to pull the trigger when the obedient Betsy gets the sign, and yeah, yeah gets violently in. gets all over Tex, uh, gets him an, in a junk. <laughs> I mean. Mm hmm. And well. The girl who snuck in through the back, she catches a fresh can of yeah, dog she food. runs at Cliff, and he, boosh, right in the face. Fastball to the face. With Chacks, the dog food can. Jacks her up. Yeah. And so, this is not the way that history is done. Like, Tarantino got me. Yeah, got me again. Got me in a glorious bastard when they killed Hitler, now they got me in the Manson family going to Sharon Tate's neighbor instead. Yeah. And so... Betsy goes off and gets on uh, the girl who just took a can- dog food to the face. Yeah. He c- Texas is pretty much done with. Well, the redheaded girl who had rounded up Rick's wife out of the back, well, she had been like hit silly by Rick's wife, and she come back oh, yeah. to, she charges Rick, gets him in the hip with a knife, and he <laughs> he just grabs her by the back of the head and beats her face on whatever's yeah, convenient. Yeah, whatever's around Wall fireplace don't matter, kitchen island. Betsy jumps on the the girl who got hit by the dog food. Well, Betsy gets off. She frantically breaks through the back door. I think the she glass, a door. glass door. Yeah, she jumps in the pool where Rick was chilling. He is completely he oblivious. He is, yeah, no idea what's going on. He's just <laughs> lounging. And she jumps in the water and just ah, it's pandemonium. And he's like, got the gun straight up, just firing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think, oh, man, Rick's going to get shot. Mm-hmm. And you don't want that because this time you're attached to Cliff and Rick. Yeah. And so he hops out of the pool and he goes to the tool shed. And what does he get? He got a flamethrower that you saw at like the beginning-ish of the movie. It was like an old movie a prop that he had he took yeah. home from the set. We don't forget all about the flamethrower. Well, he roasts that girl in yes. his own pool. Yeah. And it was epic. All right, and so that is kind of like the ending of the movie. Uh, the ambulance shows up. Cop shows up. They're willing um, Cliff off. He's still tripping on acids. He gets brought out the foyer of the the house, and he's like, away we go. <laughs> and so Rick um, is kind of just trying to process everything. He's standing out in his driveway, and here comes a Mel Hirsch's character, Sharon Tate's ex fiance, who was hanging up at the uh, Sharon Tate yeah. residence. And he's like, what just happened? He said, Hippies. Uh, I'm not sure. They're trying to rob us, kill us, what? I don't know what. Uh, I don't know what was going on. And uh, anyway, Sharon Tate invites Rick up to uh, the house for some drinks and for some vinyl, and the movie ends. Yep. <laughs> so thank you, Tarantino, for a fun ride, man. Number nine. Number nine. And will it number ten be Star Trek? Mm, let's hope not. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right, guys. I hope it's not more. I want more than 10. I just hope that. Yeah. I'd like uh, him to never stop. Yeah. Be like Martin Scorsese, man. He's old. He's still doing it. Yeah. All right, Cobb, thank you so much. It's been another episode of Porch Talk. All right, man. Pleasures. To wrap this episode up, this is a song from uh, the General Specific. Back when me and Levi used to kick that can around. It's a song called Best Side. Peace out, guys. I'm out of here.
0: Do you know the difference between the dark and light of the moon? It's the same distance between right wrong side of truth I haven't been a big fan of me Knowing what not to do It gives another sense of the scene Another hole is see-through And I think maybe it isn't half bad to disappoint you. Then I see maybe you might be half glad to know what I think, too. When you call me by name, you say it's my fault. Give me a break if I take one at all. And you said maybe it's sad that I'm making it last. For the same reasons I saw. If I see no medal, seeing the best side of you. The best side of you. Did you see the worst or the rest? Is there some right angle proof that it only hurts to confess what's left unseen by you? I think maybe it isn't it half bad to disappoint you? Then I'd say maybe you might be half glad to know what I think too. When you call me by name, you say it's my fault. Would you give me a break if I took one at all? You said maybe it's sad, but I'm making it last same reasons I saw, if I've seen it at all And you call me by name, you say it's my fault Would you give me a break if I took one at all You say maybe it's sad, that I'm making it last The same reasons I saw, if I've seen no at all Seeing the best side of you The best side of you The best side of you Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.